Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Monday, January 1st, the very first day of the new year, 2024, and glad to be able to be here today on the broadcast. We're beginning a message we're going to continue for two days But first, I've got a good song lined up right here by the Shepherd family. On today's program, we're going to be starting up a two-day sermon from Hebrews chapter number 11 and Romans chapter number 12. I'm preaching on this thought, choosing and refusing. And I've been dealing with some thoughts about transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we're looking at those thoughts, how your thoughts change you and how you need to change your thought process. And so we're looking at the life of Moses in this message, and then also on the one to follow, entitled Choosing and Refusing. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Hebrews 11 and Romans 12. We'll start off reading there in Romans chapter 12 and read those first few verses. Romans chapter 12, first five verses, and then we'll go to Hebrews chapter 11. Romans chapter 12, as I said, read the first five verses. Let's read it responsively. Uh, Verse number one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith." For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Now turn to Hebrews chapter number 11. And while you're looking there, I'll remind you that in these verses that we just read, I'm preaching a series not every Wednesday night, just every once in a while. And this is going to be the third sermon in that series uh, entitled Transformed by the Renewing of Your Mind. And thinking about that, those five verses deals with the mind. He says that over and over again in verses 2 and 3 particularly, and talking about thinking, thinking, and our mind, and how we think. And I'll say this, I'll say it in the introduction in a minute again. Our world tries to get us to think from their perspective. And when you think from the wrong perspective, you'll end up at the wrong place. Right. But if you think from the right perspective, you can see things in the right way. And so the only way to get the right perspective is God's perspective. We get that from the Word of God. Amen. From the Word of God. You don't... Listen, I, and I, I know I've said this before, but I want to I bear down on it. We don't take a science book and straighten out the Bible. That's like taking a, a crooked stick to try to straighten out a level. No, the level tells you that the stick's crooked or out of level. The Bible tells you that the science book is wrong if it disagrees with it. Amen. The Bible's right. And we, we gotta look from God's perspectives. I'll, I'll get more, say more about that in a moment. But Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 23 through 27. 
And since I read the last one by myself, let's read together verse 23. And again, we'll do it responsibly. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. By the way, how do you see somebody that's invisible? You see him by faith. That's how Moses saw him. That's how we see him. This is my thought tonight. Preaching on choosing and refusing. Choosing and refusing. In this text that I read to you, in the book of Romans, of course, as I said, we need to refresh our mind. That's what he's talking about there, by the renewing of your mind. You know how a computer needs to be refreshed every now and then. Things get out of whack. We get stuck on one thing or, or we go dim on something. We get out of, out of whack on it. We need to have our mind refreshed. Amen. And, and we need to have a proper thought life. Boy, it's so important in the world we're living in. The world's doing its best. Through, through the media, through all these devices, through all this stuff, to get control of our mind. Some people's worried about government mind control. I don't think there are minds running our government. <laughs> they can't control our mind if they don't have a mind running them. Amen. But, but it's the truth. Our world is being, is being introduced to mind control. And the thought processes are being uh, warped in people's mind. And, and by the way, some of the drugs that's going out there is to do that very thing. Is to warp. It's to is to transform to in a long form to conform our mind to the worldly way of thinking. And so it's all this stuff is coming our way. And as Christians, as the people of God, we need to have our mind transformed. How do you do that? By getting in the Word of God, washing your mind with the Word of God. Letting the Word of God cleanse our mind. Our heart and our mind is cleansed and renewed by the Word of God. Amen. And so I'm thinking about that being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've looked at some issues. We talked about authority issues in the first sermon. I, I talked about hierarchy and matriarchy and patriarchy. And even talked about gender confusion involved in all that. And our world's in a mess because they, they don't believe in authority. We talked last time... A few weeks ago when we looked at it and I talked uh, and I was dealing with relationship issues and talked about singleness and uh, how that a lot of, a lot of our mindset in churches, we're preaching to parents and children. We're preaching to husbands and wives. But what about people that are not in that category? They're singles. There's a work for them. There's a place for them. And, and they're not, they're not weird just because that they're not married. Amen. And so we, we dealt with some of that and, and how we got to think right. Concerning those things. Now tonight I'm thinking about uh, Moses and his decisions that he made, choosing and refusing here in Hebrews chapter number 11. Now we know this is referring us back to the book of Exodus. And it's in the early chapters of the book of Exodus, these things are played out. But it's concisely mentioned here in the book of Hebrews. That's why I chose this. But I tell you that uh, the decisions that we need, that we're going to make, will be based on how we think. 
Brother Jacob reminded me of a story. I remember hearing this when I worked at Gardner Mirror. A fellow told a story about how that you got to think in the right direction or your equation won't come out right. We learned in math. You know, you remember, I don't know if your teachers told you, we, our teachers in algebra told us that you always remember the please, please, my dear Aunt Sally, that rule. You all know about that? And you start out, you, you got to do it in the, in the order. In other words, you, you don't add and subtract before you multiply and divide. You gotta, you gotta do it in the right order. And here's the, here's the illustration. And I remember tell, that somebody told this as a joke when I was working in Gardner and Brother Jacob reminded me of it. Somebody's using it in a, I believe it's you, wasn't it? Uh, somebody used it in an illustration. And, uh, anyway, this man's, uh, man's working at a motel. These three fellows come in. They want to rent a room. He tells them that it, the room, uh, is going to cost, uh, let's, let's say now, the room costs $30. He tells them the room's going to be $30. And so that's easy, three, $10 a piece. After he gets their money, they go up to the room and his boss tells him, says, you ought to gave them a discount. Said, knock $5 off of the room. All three of them stand in the same room, knock $5 off of it. So he's headed up to the room with the $5 in his hand and he thinks, how are they going to divide $5 among three people? So they don't know they're getting money back. So he goes, he knocks on the door and he hands them a dollar a piece, $3. He keeps two. That means they paid $9 a piece for the room, right? If they paid $9 a piece for the room, 9 times 3 is 27. He's got $2 in his pocket. Where'd they lose a dollar? They didn't lose a dollar. But it, when you start, if you do your math in the wrong order, your answer don't come out right. When you come at it at the wrong direction, if you follow it the way the, way the math laws work, even 9 times 3 is 27. But when you take $3 and $2, that's, that's 25 and then you, you can figure that out, how that the money comes out. You ain't lost a dollar. But you got to do the math in the order that it's supposed to be done. Well, here's the way, when we're looking at things from God's perspective, we can see it the way it ought to be. But when we look from man's perspective, we may come out at a wrong conclusion somewhere. As somebody said, you might take the wrong exit, get off the highway at the wrong place. And so, anyway, think about that. Brother, Brother Wayne Sexton preached out there at Mayfield Creek, and he preached on let's go on, and he mentioned this text here. And his two points was choosing and refusing. Those were his two main points. I'm not preaching his message. I'm just using those thoughts about those two things that Moses and his parents, had, when they made a choice, it meant they had to refuse some other things. Amen. Now I know what people, I, I know and we know we've been, we've had this uh, argument and, and, and things that, that's come against us that said, you don't have to repent in order to be saved. Well, if you're going to choose Christ, you're going to have to re- refuse something. Right. If you turn to something, you got to turn from something else. To take hold of something, you got to turn loose. Of something else. That's the idea that we're looking at here in our text. Well, and so I want to think about that. Use that as my title tonight. Choosing and refusing. Uh, but by, by way of introduction to this text, I've, I've only got two main points uh, tonight that I'll be dealing with and it won't be long. Uh, but just remind you about the situation here with Moses. He's talking about Moses making a choice to go with God's people, but refusing to go with the enemy. Refusing to go with the Egyptians. Refusing to go with the world. Refusing to go with the authority system of his day. We've got an authority system in this generation that's against God. And we're going to have to make a choice who we're going with. Amen. And so 
that ungodly crowd was in vogue in Moses' day. You understand what I mean when I say in vogue? It means it was in style. It was in fashion. It was the order of the day. And we're living... Listen, Christianity has never been in vogue. It's never been in style. And, and I know... Listen, Joshua mentioned this some time ago. Somebody was making a statement that said, America's done because Christianity's now in the minority. Can I tell you, Christianity's never been in the majority since the days of Christ. They wasn't in the majority on, on the day of Pentecost. They wasn't in the majority in Paul's day. They wasn't in the majority in the early church. They're not in the majority today. We're in the minority. But with God, all things are possible. And He didn't tell us to win by numbers. He told us to go by faith. Amen. And that's how we have to go. That's how we've got to run our life. Amen. So, looking at this, this has been my, my subject tonight, thinking about uh, this refusing and choosing. We are living in a society where ungodliness and perversion is the fashion and style of the day. Amen. It's being empowered by the authorities in our land. Amen. The authorities of our nation support wickedness, perversion, ungodliness. Amen. The authorities of the school system, the authorities of the universities, the authorities in the media, the authorities in some churches, amen, are promoting wickedness, ungodliness, and perversion. If we're going to choose a way that's right... By the way, let me back up and say this. God's not in favor of it. God's not promoting it. Amen. Neither should Christians promote it. Christians shouldn't submit. Christians shouldn't succumb. Should not give their approval to the wickedness of our world. Amen. Amen. Moses withstood it. That's what we find out right here. Verse number 27 is going to be my main main text, but I'm going to look at these others. Verse number 27, by faith he forsook Moses, forsook Egypt. What does that mean? Turned his back on Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. There's some decisions going to have to be made. Amen. Moses had to make up his mind which way he was going. He had a choice in the matter. And he made the right choice. Amen. He had to decide which group he was going to identify with. That's a big word today. What do you identify as? You ought to identify as a Christian. Amen. Amen. (laughs) One man said, if we could get all these people that say, you know, for example, this group that says, I am whatever I identify as. If If I want to identify as a girl, being a boy, I can still be a girl because I identify as a girl. If I want to identify as a boy, even though I'm a girl, then I can be a boy because I identify as a boy. So if we could load all them up on a plane and tell them we got this blind man that identifies as a pilot. You know what they'd do? They'd denounce that. They'd say, you can't be a pilot just because you identify as a pilot. <laughs> the science says, amen. Amen. Well... Uh, what do you identify? Which group are we going to identify with? We're going to identify with the world, or we're going to identify with one another uh, as a Christian? Now, let me say this real quickly. I, I'm not getting into the clothing issue, but clothing does matter. Do you, what do you look like out in the world? Do you look like the world, or do you look like a Christian? Amen. Amen. 
What do you act like at home? You act like the world? Or do you act like a Christian? Amen. So in other words, we, we got to make up our mind. We'll, we, we will have to make up our mind to choose and refuse. Now, with this thought process in mind, I, I want to point out some things here in our text. I said there's two things. Number one, the action of Moses. And number two, the attitude of Moses. The action of Moses and the attitude of Moses. I could say a lot about it, but I'll, I'll be brief tonight. First of all, the action of Moses is found in verse 27, the first part. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Amen. By the way, let me say this before I touch on that. Before Moses ever made a decision to choose and refuse, his parents made that decision. Look look at verse number 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born... Was he had, not he hid. It's, it's not what Moses did by faith. It's what was done for him by faith. We ought to do some things for our children by faith. Amen. Amen. I can't save them, but I can do my best to keep them in church. I can do my best to keep the King James Bible preached to them. Amen. Keep them in church instead of out on the ball field. Say amen right there. Or out in some playing center coloring and, and, and carrying on. Keeping the Word of God in front of them. Amen. Keeping good godly songs in front of them. Amen. Praying in the home. Amen. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Moses wasn't afraid because his parents wasn't afraid. Amen. Now, and I'll, I'll get there in a minute about that fear. Well, let, let me just go on about, about his parents. They made a decision. They refused to throw Moses in the Nile River. Even though the Pharaoh, the king's commandment, said, throw him in the river. They said, we ain't doing it. Amen. Why did it? Because they saw he was a proper child. But here's, you know it's because they knew that's not God's will. That's not God's will. Amen. I applaud people in, in China in the past. Well, even in the present. You, you know, in China, they got a one-child policy. You can only have one. I think they've eased that up in the last little bit. But you can only have one child. And if you have more than one child, you're supposed to abort it. Mandatory abortion. I applaud those Christians in China that refuse to abort their babies. Refused. You know why? Because they know it's murder. Amen. They refused to. Well, Moses' parents refused to throw him in the Nile River. but And the Bible says that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They made a choice that they was going to go with God. God's commandment overruled the king's commandment. Amen. And so that's what they saw. The action of Moses now in verse number 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. This verse is not talking about when Moses first forsook Israel. You remember Moses when he was 40 years old slew an Egyptian. He went out to see the Jews and the Egyptians, see see his own people. And when he got out there, there was a division and one of the Egyptians was abusing a Jew. And Moses smote him and hit him in the sand. The next day he goes out to see them and these two Jews are fighting with each other. He goes to separate them. And one of them says, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? And Moses fled. 
The first time Moses forsook Egypt, it was out of fear. He did fear the king's wrath. He is afraid he was going to be judged, right? He did flee the king's wrath. By the way, I personally believe at 40 years old, I believe Moses knew he was supposed to lead God's people out. His name, Moses, means drawn out. He's drawn out of the Nile River. He's going to draw his people out of, out of Egypt. I believe that he knew that was going to be his case. And he thought that he's going to do it in his own might and in his own strength. When he's 40 years old, he's a mighty man. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Acts that he's mighty in words and in deeds. No doubt he and it, he had all the learning of Egypt. He'd read the books. He'd had the education. He was built up in, in Pharaoh's palace, raised up in Pharaoh's palace. And therefore he thought he could do it. Leaning on his own arm and the arm of flesh failed him. And he had to run in fear. But 40 more years on the backside of the desert leading those sheep to the point he didn't think he could do it. God called him then. By the way, God's got to get us out of our strength and trusting in His strength. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.